From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, uh, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, America. Hi, Barbara. So I want to quickly – first of all, it's spring. I'm excited. Oh, ah, my God. Thank it's you very much, right? Degrees. It's Have wonderful. we turned the corner? Yes. We've turned the corner. We okay. are, but it's getting colder again after a few days. I but. know. It's, it's sort of 52 fake out here. So, But I wanted to really quick hot take on – because there's a lot of conversation about Elon Musk and oh, changing the company name uh, to X. So oh, tw- they're doing that? Twitter is now uh, under a different name. That The name of Twitter won't be changing. But it, the corporation is now called oh, X. like Alphabet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know SpaceX, Tesla Model X. Appar- oh, apparently see. there's a fascination with X. But anyway, point being that he's revealing that his bigger plan is to make Twitter WeChat. Oh, that's good. That makes so sense. What do you, so what do you think about that? What's oh, your hot absolutely, take on that? absolutely, because WeChat is an Uber app. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that means, it's put everything in one big app. And if, if he could have it be around Twitter, that would make total sense Interesting. for him. Yeah. I think that's a really big, good idea. Very, very cool. Um, we yeah. definitely see that in China. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, between WeChat and Alipay. Gotcha. And those two Uber apps, both mm-hmm. in China, they're everything. 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 So, in so, so you do everything inside the app. You buy what? So like it's all a marketplace. marketplace. It's a payment. Payments. It's oh, calling wow. Uber. It's, it's anything you want to do. You just go into this one big app and you get everything like oh, wow. that. So it consolidates all these little apps that you're doing all over the place. Wow. But the, I mean, so it makes sense from his point of view. Sure, why uh-huh. wouldn't he want to do that? Uh-huh. But he's got to change consumer behavior. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, they did it in China, so I don't know what. The, but what in did they China, do? it started that way. Started a lot of times way. when yeah. you leapfrog gotcha. technology, uh-huh. you know, you go some. But we have all these these old habits. Yes. So he's going to have to change. The habits. adoption curve will be different. Very, very interesting. Just want to get your thoughts. That on is that. super yeah. interesting. So you would say it's a hit, huh? From his point of view, certainly. But he also fell off. He's not number one richest man in the world. Oh, is that right? Okay. He fell off. So who's number one now? I I (laughs) didn't look because we just saw it in our daily Pennsylvania. The the, the pen take on it is our alum is not the richest man in the world anymore. (laughs) Um, And I think it was the CEO of LVMH. Oh, interesting. Well, I can tell you it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's probably not our next guest either. Yes. So we have with us today for our marketing hit or miss segment... Alexander Lee, who's a reporter who covers gaming and esports for mm. Digiday. Mm-hmm. So, Alexander Lee, are you the richest person in the world? <laughs> I, I, I am actually. That yeah. whole time you were talking about LVMH, and I was feeling a little, a little offended. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I mean, of, of course I am. Oh, that's what I'm like, Prince. I'm rich in personality. I ain't got no money. <laughs> Well, Alex, it's wonderful to have you here, and we're going to play our hit or miss game with you. All right. Bullseye. Or miss. Just a bit outside. And I know you wrote an article about this movie that came out last week that's a major box office hit, the Super Mario movie. So tell us what you know about that and why you wrote that article and what you think is going to happen with that. Sure. So I'm the gaming and esports reporter at Digiday. So when a, when a, a watershed cultural moment like the Super Mario Bros. movie happens, I basically have no choice but to write about it. <laughs> I, I guess, I, you know what? You guys are laughing, but I'm actually serious. Have you seen the box office numbers for I have this not. movie? I Tell mean, us about it. I read it in your it article, but like they're massive. This And this is in real theaters? 
Yeah, this is this is out there in movie theaters all over the world. And I mean, it's the international box office numbers are the largest opening of any animated movie ever. That's, that's shocking. That's this shocking. movie could very well cross one billion dollars in box office wow. by, by the time it's all said and done. Wow, so that what, is what, amazing. What predicts that? Would you have forecasted that? Yeah, being yeah. That what's big? going on here? What's the what, what's the why the popularity so fast, so quickly accelerated? You know, it's I'm not sure if I would have forecasted quite how popular it was, because if you look at some of the comparative movies that have come out over the last few years, Mm -hmm. they've shown that video game adaptations have quite a bit of momentum. But the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, for example, made about three hundred million dollars. And Super Mario has already crossed those numbers. (gasps) If it hasn't already crossed those numbers, it's it's very close to it. Um, I, I think the answer is that. Video games right now are are sort of finally entering a cultural mainstream that is allowing them to be adapted into movies that parents will want to go to their kids together mm. to, right? Oh. 15 years ago, ah. parents oh. maybe didn't necessarily grow up with Mario the way that their kids did. Mm-hmm. But now we finally reached this sort of inflection point where games have been around long enough to be this touch point for multiple generations. Oh, interesting. And then on top of that, Mario is just by far the biggest, most recognizable, I guess, game world out there. I mean, he's like the Mickey Mouse of video games. Yes, Americans and I were trying to figure this out before we got on with you, the expert. So is Mario like the guy with the little mustache? (laughs) Is that the Mario guy? Watch this. (laughs) Listeners, pay pay close attention for the next two minutes here. Watch this. I mean, the short answer is yes. The long answer is there's two little guys with mustaches, Mm. Mario and Luigi. Ah. They're brothers. And the shorter one who is dressed up in the red outfit is Mario. And he also has an M on his hat, which makes it a little easier. So, like, that's been around for a really long long time, time, right? Mm -hmm. And and new people are coming into this franchise. What makes it popular? I mean, it seems to me it would be dated. Like, I think they would go after, like, different little characters in this. I'm surprised this is still the one. The OG. (laughs) I mean, and the answer is... Well, you're on fire, Barbara. Can I just say that? You are on fire today. (laughs) Uh, So, first of all... And I think this is why Nintendo and Universal and Illumination, you know, the distributors and and producers of this this film are so excited. I mean, they do make games out of all of the little side characters. I mean, mm. there's in in the game, there's this little dinosaur that the main character rides. I, I feel like every time I say something about this, it just gets more confusing. <laughs> but there's like this throwaway character of a dinosaur mm-hmm. called Yoshi that Yoshi. is ridden by Mario mm-hmm. and. There's there's like a whole series of games about this character. Oh, now. wow. And so movie studios have been looking for the next big intellectual properties to mine from mm-hmm. to build the next cinematic universe. You know, gotcha. we all have seen how effective the Marvel Cinematic Universe yes. has been. Yes. And that's right. because they have this wealth of comic books that go back years and years, years. to pull from. Mm-hmm. And there's not many other forms of media that have such a longstanding uh, history of cross-pollination between their properties um, and just like consistent storytelling. You know, even book series like Harry Potter, for example, Mm -hmm. those are things that came out within a limited time span. Mm -hmm. But Super Mario is an entire universe that could become the next MCU. What I've been saying is calling it the NCU, the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. Gotcha. But I think especially on the back of these incredible box office numbers, I mean, there's just a, a tremendous amount of potential for future movies as well. And, and, and to answer your question, Barbara, they're just good games. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the simple So what, what's the premise behind these games? Like, what, what makes them so good? Ooh. 
Ooh, what makes them so good? <laughs> I mean, why do you uh, well, say that? You know, what, what, why do you think these games are good? Really, seriously, it's not about. Is it about war? It's not like war. It's no. not battle, right? No. Oh no. dear. The so... majority of the games, uh, it, it's it's very. Uh, I would say very beautiful. brand safe. Uh, it's yeah. not about oh, violence, really. Right, right. It's not yeah, like no, that you're, addiction. You're, yeah. So what is it about it? Like, why is it so popular? It's it's just really imaginative. I mean, there is no other game universe in which a Italian-American plumber mm. eats mushrooms to gain superpowers, <laughs> rides a dinosaur, rides a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> defeats an evil fire-breathing of turtle. Of course. Why not? Uh, so, Marcus, you think that's a hit? I think, like... it's, a, I think it's a hit. But t- <laughs> tell us, though, Alex, about the content marketing piece, because I think this is what makes it super attractive, right, for businesses and products, right. brand services and that kind of stuff. Right, and and that's that's kind of my angle in, mm-hmm. in, in writing about the movie is that, I mean you know because I'm I'm not an entertainment writer obviously this film is going to potentially make a billion dollars wow. in the box office and that's huge mm-hmm. but on top of that it is just a massive piece of content marketing for Nintendo um, you know obviously this isn't intentional to a point but um, I, I don't think even Nintendo realized how successful the movie would be mm-hmm. and how it would itself invite so many new potential fans back into the original IPs. And so I, I have some stats here that I pulled together for this article that I think are pretty telling. Okay. Um, so Twitch is obviously the main live streaming platform for games. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and there are various ways to track the different games people are playing. So. In the week before the release of the Mario movie, there were 252,000 hours of Mario games watched in total Mm -hmm. on Twitch. Mm -hmm. Following the Mario movie release, that went up to 477,000. That's almost Almost doubling the amount of of just viewership Viewership. of Mario games Mm -hmm. that has happened on Twitch. Now, I, I don't have the sales numbers, obviously, because Nintendo is a black box, but you you have to assume that there's also been some sort of sales lift as well. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, the the benefit of putting this movie out for Nintendo is twofold. One, it gets to kick off a potential cinematic universe mm-hmm. that is very lucrative. But also, I mean, it's just a huge commercial mm. for the Super Mario games. So what's the age demographic? What's the average age of people playing these games before and after the movie? Uh, you know, I don't have that information off the top but, of my okay, head. Okay, make but... it up. We're good with that. <laughs> But I, like I said before, I would I would tell you that Mario, more so than a lot of other game series, is multi generational. In fact, my father, who never plays video games ever, mm. will call basically every every game that I play Mario because his frame of reference is that he went to the arcade back yep. in you know back in the eighties yes. and he would play the original Super Mario game. Yes, and so even my father, who rolls his eyes at video games yes. as a form of media knows Mario, and he knows Donkey Kong, the, yes. the gorilla that throws barrels at Mario. Yes. And both of those characters are in this movie. In the movie. And so I would say there's something particularly multi-generational about Mario. Now, the cool thing about this content marketing aspect is that, and I don't have the stats to back this up either, but you definitely get the sense from speaking to gamers these days that Mario it has been subsiding a little bit, right? Okay. It was this mm-hmm. really, really popular franchise for many years, but nowadays kids tend to play Fortnite. Or yeah. Call yeah. of Duty, yeah, like yeah. more you know, normal like, stuff. <laughs> exactly, more yeah. you know, more normal. What's not normal about riding a dinosaur? <laughs> and you know, I mean, come on. But so so, and again, no no numbers to back this up, but you do get the sense that Mario was maybe losing some portion of mind share among yeah. today's younger gamer base. That's what I but would But now guess. this 
really incredible kids movie has come out introducing that audience to Mario again. So again, it's beneficial for Nintendo. Wow, that is that's really interesting. That's I mean, such an old franchise yeah. getting revigorated yeah. through the movie and then through the gaming universe, and clearly the merchandising aspect yeah. is going to be huge. And I'm, I'm from the old school, Alex. I remember those hours and hours we would go inside the arcade. We'd be in there so long when we'd come out, our eyes would be hurting because it was so dark in there. And uh, yeah, so I'm from those old days of, you know, the, the, my favorite game was a game called Tempest, uh, Dig Dug and uh, Centipede, all that stuff, like the classics. And I think, you know, Ms. Pac-Man, all that kind of stuff. But and you used to come in with the quarters, right? We would stay until we ran out of quarters. <laughs> but tell me now about the business model. Because how, how did it because kind of went to consoles and like now are you paying for a subscription? How do you how does Nintendo make the money? Now are they are they selling like physical what's the what's the business model for for Nintendo actually you know making making money off of the game That's a great question and I'll answer for Nintendo and then I'll give you a broader answer that kind of indicates where video games are going okay. because N- Nintendo has is is successfully hanging on to a slightly older business model in that it primarily makes money by producing premium, high-quality games, and then selling those games directly to its consumers for ah. $50 or $60 a pop. Gotcha. And then on top of that, Nintendo is also a hardware manufacturer. So oh, they, gotcha. their console is called the Nintendo Switch. So, yeah, that's Switch. the old Switch. model. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that is an older model. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Nintendo is still making money hand over fist, as we just discussed. So if you're making high-quality games, then there is still a market for those premium games. But the, the truth is... $60 is a pretty steep price to pay for a video game these days. Yeah. And so more and more consumers are are moving towards free-to-play games. Um, things like Fortnite, for example, which is you, it's free to download. And then the money that they make is primarily through in-game purchases of things ah, like, you know, gotcha. items and outfits uh, for your characters. Gotcha. And so more and more we see companies moving from... Sell from from shipping individual games uh-huh. and selling them on store shelves to what we call the games as a service model. Oh, right, interesting! Right. Live gotcha. service. Interesting. Right. That's interesting. the model that yes. I'm more familiar That's more, okay. with. Okay, but the Super Mario does not have a version where you can buy barrels and go in and like do stuff with money in game. They're still trans. You know, they're still in the older model. Is that what you're saying, Alex? Not not yet. Although I, it sounds pretty great when you say it that way. Like, I, 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 I see that as an inevitable future gotcha. of Nintendo in, in some form, over. but not yet. Interesting. I mean, especially with things like the movie kind of raising awareness of the, the IP so much. You know, like this is a moment where they could maybe introduce Mario World. You know, yeah, exactly. Which would be more wow. modern. Cha-ching. Get into yeah, get into all the metaverse <laughs> kinds of ideas yeah. and all the different because exactly. those are very different um, revenue models. Let me reintroduce you. I'm Barbara Cotton, along with Americus Reed. This is Marketing Mi- Ma- Marketing Matters, <laughs> and today we're joined by Alexander Lee, who's a reporter who covers gaming and esports for Digiday. And if you'd like to ask Alex or any of us a question throughout today's show. Please feel free to call us at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. So, um, Alex, let's, let's continue with this, with your stories for our hit and miss. And you wrote a story recently about changes to the Twitter verification mm. and how that's affecting the gaming industry. Because everything you look at is through this lens of gaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell yes. us how this Twitter verification affects gaming. Don't you mean X verification based on what I just learned at the beginning of this episode? Yeah. Sorry, bad joke. Um, so, all right. 
Do you guys have, have blue checks, by the way? I'm, I, you know I'm what? Waiting. We just I, talked I, about that. America's does. I'm paying for Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to start a support group. <laughs> My name but is America Street, and I pay for Twitter. <laughs> you're going to like what I have to say then about okay. this article. I think okay. I think it's you are backed up by the entire esports industry. Oh, <laughs> so nice, nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I guess just to to lay the the groundwork. So this article was actually specifically about the esports industry, which is it's specifically competitive gaming. Right. Uh, the leagues and the teams that have ar- arisen to take advantage of of interest in in competitive gaming for money. Um, so, yeah, my article was titled Why Most of the Esports Industry is Paying for Twitter Verification, mm-hmm. Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Such a trendy guy. A I reasons. tell it, yeah, just serendipitous <laughs> trendiness by complete accident. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are, are you a gamer? Wow. I wish anyway. I, you know, no, I wish. I, I wish. What I, is your identity? Oh, oh, wow. Barbara. I, oh, my God. You are like on point today. <laughs> He's not a gamer. He, I'm not a gamer. Don't you look at his site. He's he a musician. A he's a father. He's a professor. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Not I'm not a gamer. That's not on my list. Yes, yes, yes. So this article is – I was inspired by articles I'd seen in, in other publications that went around and asked big media organizations if they were going to be paying for organizational verification and for individual verification of their members. And across the board, the answer seemed to be no. You know, we saw that companies like BuzzFeed – New York Times, uh, Axios, and so on and so forth are all not paying for Twitter verification. Um, and so that made me think, okay, is esports going in the same direction? So I went around to a lot of my contacts at esports organizations, you know, the, the groups that field competitive teams, and also the media organizations that cover esports to ask if they were planning to pay for verification. And although there were a few holdouts, by and large, the overwhelming answer was yes. And uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one of the reasons, I think, is is simply that Twitter is such a hub for the gaming community right now that these organizations cannot afford to lose even 1% of the engagement that they have on this platform right now. Mm-hmm. Because the way that they make most of their money is by signing sponsorships with brands. And the way that they convince those brands to, to sponsor them is by saying, hey, look, we got this much engagement on our tweets last month. Like, look how much right. you could Eyeballs. get by partnering with us. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. gotcha. And so the price for organizational verification is $1,000 a month. It's oh, wow. $12,000 a year. And if you look at the marketing budgets of these big um, esports organizations, $12,000 a year is a drop in the bucket. And so it, for them, it, it's actually just a no-brainer to pay for Twitter verification um, in order to keep squeezing as much interaction out of their tweets as they possibly can. But yeah, that makes um, total sense. I, I think it just absolutely makes sense. It's unfortunate for a lot of these companies that they were getting that engagement for free before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but we know that other platforms like Facebook This is the genius of Musk looking for the money. So, yeah. Show me the money. Yeah, and I I don't even like Elon Musk. I, I, I would say <laughs> I I don't like him. Mm-hmm. But, but this, you know, from talking to esports organizations, they're going to be ponying up. Yeah, right. And you they're, get the sense that... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, it um, makes sense. When you explain it like that, he knew they'd have to pay, and he needed the revenue, and so here was the source of revenue. Right, and it's not – it's just it's just marketing. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the marketing budget. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you get the sense that one reason why all of these traditional media organizations like The Times have said that they're not paying for verification is ideological to some extent, right? We don't want to bend the knee to Elon Musk. We, do, we don't want to pay money and thus – have it even vaguely seem like we're endorsing the direction Twitter is going. 
Um, and, and that's valid, by the way. Like, I, I'm not I'm not saying that that's wrong. But I will say in the esports industry, fans don't really care about this stuff. <laughs> like, the, the politics yeah. and, and the controversy. Yeah. Yep. Like that. There, don't get me wrong. There are groups of people that care in this community about it. But by and large, I mean, you know, these are mostly younger people who just aren't aren't plugged into that stuff. And so I don't think there's really any risk for these organizations that they will come across as aligning themselves with Elon Musk by paying for verification. People aren't, aren't even thinking about that. I so, think they'll think it practically it, yeah. just the way you describe exactly it. It makes totally sense. It. Mm-hmm. And even Americus was saying that it made sense to him, so he yeah. did it. <laughs> well, so that's going to I say that's a hit. What do you think? I think it's a hit, big time. Very <laughs> so, nice. Alex, yeah. you came in with two hits. <laughs> Thank you very much well, for bringing right. us that news, yeah, awesome. for keeping us up to date on gaming. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you if they're interested in these topics of gaming and esports and things like that you cover well for now you can follow me at alex lee was taken l-e-e on twitter i still have a blue check for the next week or so and then we'll see if i pay (laughs) i I might based on this conversation yeah Uh, but yeah at alex lee was taken please uh oh that's that's your name like i said that's oh yes yes my, my full name sorry is one word at Alex Lee was taken. Right. <laughs> Excellent. 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 Excellent Twitter handle. Very cool. So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. That is all we have time for today. So thank you very much for being here. And we'd like to thank our producers, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. We play our show several times throughout the week. And you can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing, or you can follow Business Radio at XXM Business for information about all our programming. Thank you all for listening to We'll be back next week. Until then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn here with Americus Reed, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.